side of the virtual hardwood, it's the NRC Podcast, episode number 290. Skip grind with you. Although I also go by the name of Andrew, unless I'm recording a 1950s-style PSA for the Monday tip-off, as I did a few weeks ago. I uh, hope everybody enjoyed that little uh, little skit I did for Monday tip-off, uh, talking about clickbait, certainly a, a topic that is very important to me. Um, I will circle back to talking about that, but... This is the NLC podcast. We have taken a couple of weeks off. Uh, I do apologize about that. Unfortunately, it's been tough with some more technical difficulties and more difficulties meeting up with each other to, uh, or meeting up with each other online, as the case may be, to record the shows. But I did want to get a new show out there because we certainly don't want to pull the plug on the NLC podcast. We'll try and get the shows back to the regular schedule. It's been a bit of a rough year for us in that re- in that regard, uh, but we'll certainly try our best. In the meantime, I wanted to give another solo show a try, catch up on some of the news, because obviously the preview season is tipping off, or has tipped off, I should say, so there is some news to talk about. wanted to give some of my thoughts on that and just get a show out there, get us back into a, a rhythm, and hopefully hopefully, I'll have a co-host back next week so it's not just my voice, and maybe I can just alternate between myself and the skip tea grind, but that might be a little bit annoying and... Uh, well, let's, let's face it, I'm no voice actor, not my forte, but uh, as I said, I did really enjoy doing that uh, that PSA, the uh, clickbait and you. Uh, th- this is the preview season, and during the preview season, there is a lot of clickbait. I, I don't want to name names, I don't want to start any kind of, any beef, any rivalry with any other content creators, but as you know, there are content creators out there who will definitely engage in clickbait, <clears throat> and look, it's important to to build your audience and to get eyes on you and clicks and and views and and whatnot and and certainly when there's, there's news you want to you want to talk about it if especially if you're doing videos and with YouTube's algorithm and everything I get it uh, but it is unfortunate that people will uh, make scurrilous claims about the content that they're doing that they'll say they've got exclusive leak footage and it's the same footage that everybody has or or it's not even, there's no leak or anything like that, they're just claiming something and then they're just talking over last year's footage and speculating and it's not even news. Uh, it's something that I definitely try to avoid and it's it's frustrating when it works for other people because I always try to do the right thing as far as the NLSC is concerned. I don't like to, I mean, I, I, we report on rumors, but I like to put it up front that we are talking about rumors and speculating or if it's a speculative article or, or podcast, we, we say this is just what we want to see and what we're hoping to see and the likelihood of seeing it, not reporting it as fact unless it actually comes from a reputable source. So it, it is frustrating to see that be effective and see people not call it out as well. So that's why I wanted to do that, that 50s style presentation. Uh, as for why I did it in the 1950s style, it's, I guess, kind of a shout out to Fallout in some respects, as, as pointed out in the in the comments on that YouTube video. And thank you for the positive response to that video because it, it took a while to put together between getting all the slides and the footage and the, uh, of course, recording the voiceover and, and <laughs> trying to trying to maintain that voice throughout the the recording, which, uh, but it, it was fun as as long as it took. And I was I was really happy with how it turned out, and and again that it had such a positive reception from people so far. Um, I, it's actually an idea I had last year with NBA Two K eighteen when when I saw the neighborhood, and I thought about doing the whole. What, character walking through the the neighborhood the, the, my my player walking through the neighborhood and kind of like the hey you down there kind of if, if you've seen whose lines anyway that that spoof of the old uh informational um psa's documentaries that kind of thing and the voice basically comes from i, I feel like every and it's a stereotype i know but every kind of 1950s film strip uh in, in that in that uh 
in that vein, especially from Australia at least, all seem to have that kind of announcer voice. So that's my, again, not a voice actor, but that is my 1950s voice, such as it is. Uh, but yeah, I thought it'd be a fun way to uh, to broach that topic that's, in the context of our community, I feel a serious topic because, again, I, I think it does the community a disservice when, when content creators are doing that, when they're spreading that misinformation and rumors and presenting news, uh, presenting rather presenting their speculation and sometimes complete bs as uh, as news uh, i think that's it does as again literally does the, the community a, a disservice and it's not good content not trying to call it anyone specific here you probably know people who do this and we we certainly try and avoid that here at the nlsc and that's that's been my philosophy and maybe it, it costs us some clicks and some views and and, and so so forth and and that's unfortunate because again you want to do the right thing and, and have that be effective but it is what it is, and we'll certainly try and. You know, well, that is my goal: is to is to be upfront and be honest and reliable as far as news and information is concerned, and and also fair-handed and and everything. And as well, we've all got our biases, but but certainly as, as fair as possible when it comes to our opinions as well. That's always been my philosophy, and and, and yeah, just as and honest basically. That's what it comes down to. But I do hope you enjoyed that PSA. Definitely a lot of fun to put together. Fun way to talk about what I feel is a fairly, fairly serious topic as far as our community goes, and the the holding ourselves to a, a higher standard as far as content creators and providers of news uh, to our fellow gamers. So that is always going to be my philosophy, and yeah, just a fun way to talk about it. But let's dive into some news now because the previous season, as I said, has more or less tipped off. We're starting to see some glimpses of NBA Two K Twenty. At least we've seen our first official screenshot. We've seen a couple of others come through. Uh, close-ups of players as they're inviting us to speculate on ratings because they're going to do the ratings reveal on the uh, fi- on the 15th uh, US time. So that will be live streaming on Twitter, the uh, official NBA 2K Twitter, at NBA 2K, of course. But before that, they have actually announced the cover players. This was July 1st they did that. Uh, that's, unfortunately, as I said, we've been out for a couple of weeks from the NLC podcast. But uh, they have announced the covers, and this year's cover players are... Uh, Anthony Davis, now of the Lakers, and uh, Dwayne Wade is the Legend Edition cover. Of course, he's just retired, and uh, with the, the cover that he is on is the um, Miami Vice kind of uh, Miami Heat cover, which is which is a pretty cool cover design, actually. It's very reminiscent of, well, certainly their Vice uh, jerseys, their Miami Vice jerseys, that uh, 80s style, and of course, uh, Vice City, Grand Theft Auto as well, which is also under the uh, Take-Two umbrella with, uh, with Rockstar North. Uh, Cover art is pretty cool this year. It's it's not something that we really analyze, I suppose, that much here on the NLSC because at the end of the day, it is the cover art and it's it's more about what's uh, in the box or or the digital download, as the case may be, rather than what's on the cover. Uh, it is interesting that they don't have uh, they don't have Anthony Davis wearing uh, a jersey. I guess because these deals are done in advance, you know, it's not they weren't just done around about the time that he was traded to the Lakers. Uh, clearly, they've been worried that certain players are, are going to be changing teams during the offseason. And, and I wonder if, if Kyrie Irving with NBA 2K18 was kind of a catalyst for that, because, of course, he was traded during that offseason after they revealed the cover. They're on the, uh, still on the Cleveland Cavaliers at the time. And then he goes to the Boston Celtics, and they have to reissue a new cover that comes out in the second printing of the game, the second run, and of course they push through a new title screen where he's on the Celtics before that, so at launch he at least had the right uh, icon 
on the on the dashboard and in, in Steam and, and whatnot, and uh, the right title screen or an updated title screen. So I'm wondering if they're trying to avoid that. And, and they did the same thing with LeBron James in the 20th anniversary edition cover last year as well, where he was wearing a generic jersey or not, I, I think just a black jersey on the on the 20th anniversary edition cover because there was speculation that he might be leaving the Cavaliers, and of course he did, went to the Lakers. So it's it's a way of, of uh, avoiding the covers being outdated before the game even comes out. So that's something they've done. And Dwayne Wade, of course, has retired, so he can appear in that uh, Miami Vice uh, alternate jersey. And uh, again, it, it's fine with the cover art, and it's just an interesting way that they're approaching it these days. And, uh, and understandable, given, uh, I guess, the, the unusual situation but it may be becoming less unusual these days because we are seeing a lot more stars move teams and change teams in the offseason. And boy, has it been a wild offseason so far in 2019. Just the amount of big names changing teams over the past couple of weeks as free agency opened. So we may be seeing this more. We may be seeing these generic covers unless we've got players who are very unlikely to move on and and have signed for many years beyond the appearing on the cover. Uh, this is Anthony Davis's second appearance on the cover. His first uh, solo appearance as the solo uh, ma- athlete for the main version, the standard edition version, uh, and also the digital deluxe version as well. Uh, he was one of the uh, NBA 2K16 uh, cover players as well, one of three, along with uh, James Harden and Stephen Curry. Uh, a lot of people have been pointing that out. Just a trivia note. So along with the covers, we've also got a reveal of the pre-order bonuses. And one thing that's very interesting this year with NBA 2K20 is that there's no early tip-off weekend. Every edition of the game, that is uh, three editions this year, Standard, Digital Deluxe, and the Legend Edition, they're all coming out on September 6th. We have the release date as well, which probably means that NBA Live 20 is coming out September 6th as well. A lot of speculation that NBA Live 20 is cancelled. Uh, I, I don't know where that's coming from. I, it seems to happen every year, and that's only happened... Let's see, Elite 11 was cancelled, 13 was cancelled, and... Uh, they they announced that something like 17 was coming out and the, the drive to NBA Live was coming out later and then it decided to push it ahead to Live 18, which did come out. This whole cancellation idea, I, yeah, I, I, it really just seems like a, a way to, to knock NBA Live down when it's already trying to <laughs> trying to come back up. So it's already been announced in uh, EA's financial report upcoming as an upcoming release. So don't put any stock into that. Anyone who's trying to do that is... Uh, Instead of trying to engage in clickbait, and we don't like that around here, um, <laughs> so don't, uh, don't put any stock into that until we start hearing from from live. Uh, or I mean, if it comes to September, we haven't heard anything about live coming. Maybe feel a bit uh, uh, a bit concerned about that. But and this whole thing that oh, they, they take a year off and 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 such. Uh, again, they've only done that between live sixteen and live eighteen. So. Yeah, that's looking for a pattern that hasn't really been established as a constant pattern. But anyway, September 6th is the release of 2K20, probably Live 20 as well. But in any event, the pre-order bonuses, the game is already out for pre-order, even though we don't know that much about it. That is not uh, unusual uh, as in recent years, especially with the, the way the previous season has gone. But as I said, three different versions, Standard, Digital Deluxe, and Legend. And looking at the pre-order bonuses, again, they've done away with the uh, early tip-off weekend, which I think is fantastic. Uh, I thought that was a really low thing they did last year. I mean, there's a lot of things 2K19 did that was much better than 2K18 because they they gave us more VC, ways to earn VC. Uh, I managed to not spend a single cent on, on VC in 2K19. That was my vow, and I'm very happy to have uh, kept up with that promise to myself. But what they did with the early tip-off weekend and making that the more expensive edition after it was a standard pre-order bonus in previous years, 
uh, I, I thought was was really really low. I, I didn't think that was showing much goodwill to the community at all. That you have to pay extra for that. Uh, when when it, when it was the previous, if if it had always been uh, an exclusive to the more expensive version, I'd still say that's a bit low and and and, and a money grab, but not as bad. But the way they handled it last year, I, I didn't think it was good at all. But doing it this way. Uh, having it relaunch ready for the weekend so that you can just get on that virtual hardwood or and spend all weekend with the game, I, I think is is, the, is a good way of doing it with the standard edition as well. So that's what's going to happen. Uh, but looking at the different pre-order bonuses, obviously you do get more if you go for the more expensive uh, Digital Deluxe and Legend Edition versions. But running down the, the pre-order bonuses, for standard edition, 5,000 virtual currency, which is uh, about standard. I was trying to look at uh, last year's... Uh, game and see what the what the pre-order bonuses were for that uh, i believe it was about five thousand as well if i recall correctly just looking it up in our very own wiki and let's see five thousand for the standard edition last year so that that's pretty standard uh it doesn't get you a lot <laughs> speaking from experience in my career i don't think they're going to change that much at all so uh yeah that's that's not a lot of uh vc to get at all but it is better than nothing i suppose a little bit of a boost to your my player um 5000 my team points again that doesn't even get you a pack usually and it's not a lot to start the auction house with and if, if it's anything like last year we're going to have to unlock the auction house anyway so uh it's but it's a bit of a head start so if you do pre-order it's it's something uh five my career skill boosts which is something we didn't get last year uh let me just check myself on that no we didn't we got last last year digital items 5010 my team league packs and the uh, my team card uh, so they do actually have a bit more on the standard edition this year, the, the pre-order bonuses. Uh, 5,000 virtual currency, 5,000 my team points, 5 my career skill boosts, uh, my player clothing capsule, 10 my team league packs, delivered one per week, and 5 heat check packs, uh, delivered one a week beginning at the start of the NBA season. Uh, the digital deluxe edition, 35,000 virtual currency, a little bit more of a leg up there, 10,000 my team points, uh, 10 my career skill boosts, the my player clothing capsule, going to circle back to that one uh 10 my team league packs one per week five heat chair packs one per week starting the nba season and a, a sapphire my team cover athlete card uh which was actually in the uh as i said in the standard edition last year so the they've got they've added that extra tier this year that mid tier that's going to be probably more expensive than the standard edition but not as uh, as expensive as the legend edition the legend edition has a hundred thousand virtual currency same as last year uh 50 000 my team points same as 2k19 as well uh 20 my career skill boosts my player clothing capsule my player apparel collection my player shoe collection uh 20 my team league packs 20 heat check packs uh five my team theme packs which i'm guessing will be things like the cover uh cover players and other themes obviously which uh maybe a potential for high rewards there but again <laughs> probably not going to give away too many guaranteed cards in that because well then you, people aren't going to be buying packs uh, and two Sapphire My Team Cover Athlete cards, which I would imagine Digital Deluxe will the will, the one card will probably be uh, will undoubtedly be Anthony Davis, and the Legend Edition Dwayne Wade and uh, and Anthony Davis. I would imagine, unless they're randomly drawn from the history of cover athletes, but I'm going to say it's uh, probably a safe bet that it's Davis and Wade. So decent cards to uh, to get there to start out your uh, collection there. So a, f a few more. Um, collectibles this year in-game collectibles last year on the 20th anniversary edition we also had a poster sticker sheet and wristband and also some uh, nike king's collection nike lebron apparel and footwear in-game and a my court design and 
uh, LeBron-themed murals from my court. So a few more digital items, or different digital items, and some also physical items. They haven't uh, said that there's going to be any physical items this year, um, so I'm not sure they will. I, I think it's much better to have in-game items, frankly. Um, it, it was kind of cool getting some <clears throat> some collectibles, some physical collectibles, I think, for the 2K, uh, 2K16 when they had the Legend Edition with Jordan on the cover. Uh, I, I'd, I went for that one being the Jordan fan that I am, and I think it came up with a poster and a couple of other things, which was which was cool, you know, again, being a Jordan fan as I am. Um, but I'm probably going to skip the Legend Edition again this year just for personal budgeting reasons and uh, and also because, yeah, you know, I, the Standard Edition worked out for me pretty well last year, especially if they're doing the locker codes the way they did this year with, uh, well, last year with, with 2K19, and you get some pretty good... Uh, Pretty good collectibles, or pretty, pretty pretty good cards, I should say, with my team uh, that way, so, and, and other bonuses. So as long as they're doing that, the standard edition should be fine. Um, not a lot of virtual currency. The other thing is I'm thinking of skipping my, my career this year. Uh, I've been playing my career for many years now, and a lot of the guys on the NLC uh, Pro-Am squad not really into online anymore. Um, kind of the last one standing, and Ben and I had a session over the weekend and didn't go so well. So, yeah, it, it's, it's not... Um, not not really something that I'm going to be playing. Probably, I'll have no reason to build up a player for online this coming year. So it's it's probably going to be a great opportunity to, to get back to franchise gaming, which is something I've wanted to do for a long time. And because especially with my league being as as deep as it has been, so yeah, it's it's five thousand VC for me personally is not going to be uh, probably not going to be an issue. I'm probably not going to play that mode. Or if I do, it's it's going to be very. I'm not going to take it anywhere near as seriously as as I have been. In recent years, I really went right out this year. You can read about that in the Monday tip-off. Uh, my, my career season to remember, year two definitely was big, and it's now that I've gotten to the Hall of Fame, basically I've achieved every, every goal that I really want to do in uh, in my career. So I'm personally going to take the year off and might play a bit more of my team. And, and yeah, some of those my team uh, packs in the Digital Deluxe and Legend Edition, yeah, they, they sound okay, but I'll probably go Standard Edition myself um, just for, for budging reasons and, uh, and whatnot. Uh, so looking at at the my player apparel collection, uh, so it's it's looking like uh, basically something based on on the, on the cover athletes, which is which is fairly standard. Um, I, I do kind of like that idea of having some clothes because it's, and, and I think I've mentioned this before in, in, in po- the podcast, but it's it's funny how in the prelude, you, you especially in two K nineteen. Your players wearing all these clothes, <laughs> all these different outfits during the course of the story, and then none of them are accessible in your in your closet in, in your my player uh, menu after you get to the NBA. Uh, so it's kind of like you threw out <laughs> throughout your whole wardrobe once the uh, in, uh, once the introductory story is out. And, and I thought that would have been a great opportunity just to have some a few different outfits uh, for playing through the story. And, and I think that'd be a great unlockable for the prelude if you play through it to actually get the. Uh, to get the story, to sorry, to get the clothes that you've had during the story, uh, and it just makes you avoid having the generic uh, brown shirt and grey sweatpants at the beginning of, of my career. That although there's been a big trend of of people actually wearing those clothes uh, in in the, in the playground, I've noticed just to, I guess, to mess with people to make it look like they're they're uh, newbies and and actually they're uh, elite veterans. And I guess that is one of the advantages of having the that bar down the bottom that actually says your rank, your 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 rep, that you can't. It's it's harder to to hide what you are. You can't just be a, a sixty overall brown shirt and and pose as, as a as a noob 
uh, he'll actually say you're you're an elite, and you think, okay, so this person actually knows what they're doing. They're just uh, they've just started a new player and they're and trying to pose as a um, as a rookie. But in any case, it's uh, I mean, here I am talking about clothes in a video game, which is which ridiculous cosmetic items. Um, but I do think it's it's good that they offer a few different items like that. Uh, so that you can change up your player a little bit. Don't have to go with the generic stuff. It means you can save some VC because inevitably the generic look makes people want to spend a bit of VC and, and so they don't look like noobs, basically, in the playground. Uh, so uh, I mean, if you're wearing the default pre-order stuff, I guess you probably be identified by it that way, but at least it's a little less generic. Um, it, yeah, it, it's it's a nice little thing if you're playing my career just to have some extra gear to wear that's a bit different. Uh, it should really be like 2K17 where it applies to every single player uh, so you don't have to have just the one save and, and do it that way. It is what it is. Um, yeah, so my player clothing capsule. Yeah, good good idea. And they've obviously got more apparel with the higher tiers, the Digital Deluxe and uh, Legend Edition. More uh, more items there. They've done that in previous years, so no, no big surprise there. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, probably about it for the pre-order bonuses. Again, I, I'm really happy that they're not doing the early tip-off weekend for, for just the one. I mean, it means that the game's coming out even earlier. Uh, coming out the early September, the first week of September, which is not unprecedented. I think even back in the day, we had some games come out in August, which is probably why it felt like the previous season started a lot earlier back in the day because we did have some August releases, and it it is very very early on. Um, it it feels like they should have a bit more time to to really polish the game and and work on things and and have it start a bit closer to the season so that when you're starting your my career or, or your franchise game, even you you know you don't have to play with outdated rosters for as long or you don't end up starting it and then uh, then there's a big move in the off season or very late in the off season a trade or whatever that uh, that then renders a, a a major player on the wrong team basically that was the case with my 2k18 uh my career it's um with with, with Dwayne Wade actually um he uh yeah he was on the bulls at the start of of the off season started my my career and then he's stuck on that and <laughs> he's off to the in the first the cabs and then then back to the heat by the end of the the season so that was a bit uh, a bit outdated and that that is the problem although it does give you some extra time to start grinding before the season begins i suppose but in any case september 6th is when that's coming out the previous season kind of getting underway slowly but surely i'm guessing by the end of this month or certainly by mid august we'll start getting those uh uh, those uh, those developer blogs and other previews. We do have some snippets of of the game in action. Uh, they they've shown us uh, a teaser trailer of NBA Two K Twenty, about fifteen seconds of footage, all cinematic angles, just flashes here and there, and has confirmed that the WNBA players and teams will be playable. Uh, no word whether yet as yet if they will be uh, playable in the form of a league or or certainly a career mode. And we've talked about that before on the podcast, how NBA Live has kind of missed the opportunity to really beat 2K to the punch as far as having some kind of mode. Although WNBA players are in court battles and uh, the streets. So so there is there is that, but, but having a, a standalone WNBA career or season mode or franchise mode is, is something that Live hasn't done yet. Uh, Live's modes do need to, to really catch up in that regard, and, and that's a, another way that 2K can really kind of stand on Live's neck is to say, okay, we've got the WNBA two now and uh, and also you can play with them in a season mode so uh, if if they do that of course and again <laughs> to avoid uh, uh, going back to clickbait um 
and 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 spreading misinformation that is not being confirmed. It is only being confirmed that they are in the game and playable with the teams, and you can see them in the WNBA jerseys uh, in the game. But if they do beat Live to the punch, there uh, that will be a, a kind of a blow to Live and, and really emphasize again how Live has been making those pleasing improvements as far as gameplay but but not really been doing enough as far as the modes and, and we've talked about that before i'm sure we'll talk about it again when when i've got the guys back on the show so uh we'll circle back around to that but there there is that snippet out there the first teaser trailer such as it is uh we do have the first screenshot featuring uh new teammates uh, lebron james and uh, anthony davis on the on the lakers there uh wearing what looks like number six and number 23 uh, Nike has actually stepped in um, and said, "No, we don't want LeBron to change no, uh, back to number six because we're, we're kind of invested in this 20, back to being the twenty-three again." And uh, so he's twenty-three, and Anthony Davis is going to take number three. So uh, uh, the brow was going to change his number <laughs> this time around. Uh, just some NBA stuff there, uh, but that is the, the first screenshot. And and you look at the screenshot, and I put up a comparison to to two K nineteen, and of course I had the number six, number twenty-three. I edited that in, and now that's outdated, but whatever um but if you look at that it does look like they've changed the the lighting this year uh, it's it does look a lot more realistic the players don't look as uh, as clay like and uh skin textures look a bit better of course it's it's an optimal screenshot uh optimized it so that it looks as uh, as good as possible and it's late in the game so there's more sweat effects uh, i do apologize for my comparison screenshot i didn't i took it very early on in the game so i guess it doesn't really show off the difference in sweat effects but but still, you can get the basic gist of the lighting. Uh, it has been pointed out that a lot of these screenshots that were released early on in the last previous season, compared to the game that came out, uh, that you know you, you don't like to throw around the, the word bullshotting too much because you know we, we throw around buzzwords like that and cartoonish and and lie and all, all kinds of things and that, that aren't necessarily fair or accurate. But you look at some of the early screenshots; they, they brought it up again, and it is a good point. Last year's previous screenshots didn't look. Uh, don't look quite as uh well they look rather the game doesn't look quite as good as as the previous screenshots so take it with a grain of salt at the moment uh, it does look like they've changed the lighting effects uh, i would say for the better and we've seen that in some of the other screenshots that have come out uh going to see more media coming uh, forward uh, with the ratings reveal obviously with the uh, once again july 15th uh, on twitter at nba 2k uh, you know it, it's this list late in the generation with ps5 and the next xbox coming out next year uh, I'm not expecting the big leap in in graphics and perhaps uh, technology as a whole at this point. So I'm not disappointed. I do feel like the games as they are still look pretty good. I mean, I'm coming again from the time, and I've said this before, but I'm coming from a time when we had players with, with, with the jerseys were just colours. Basically, there was no no details of, the, of even the name of the front or the player name on the back, and just everyone has the same uh, the the, the font for the, the for the for the numbers is just all the same generic font and the players faces are just pixels two eyes for, for uh, two pixels for two eyes for pixels two pixels for eyes and and very basic features so I, i've been playing for so long that I, I remember a time when we could only dream of graphics that looked half this good and even if you go back to the early 2000s and we thought that looked pretty good at the time and it did for the time I, it, it, it kind of bothers me when people say oh i i can't believe this used to look uh I can't believe I used to think this looked good, and and you say, well, it did at the time. It, it was what the technology allowed, so that it and it did look better than what came five years before that. So it's it's kind of something that we we forget that technology continues to improve and that it has allowed us to 
get to these ridiculous sweat effects and uh, and, and lighting and, and quality of player faces because we have the uh, the, the technology that the, the hardware has the capacity to support that, that kind of detail without any kind of slowdown or or loading screens and because that is something that we often forget with with basketball games people say well look, look what's possible with other games but other games have a lot of loading during gameplay i mean we we load up a game in uh, live or 2k and you play 12 minute quarters you can go over an hour without a loading screen basically so that that is the difference as far as the assets they have to load into into the ram into the memory so that that is something that we, the developers have talked about before and i think they don't really talk about those kinds of technical details as much as they should anymore and, and i think it leads to people perhaps not not realizing and and, and such but in any case I, i'm fine with the graphics i wasn't expecting a big jump at this late in the generation with uh, with the new consoles coming out next year uh lighting effects do look good um yeah just uh <laughs> hoping to see some more gameplay footage and there has been some snippets and we're getting little tidbits uh, leaked information and, and i know i kind of uh rolled my eyes verbally <laughs> so to speak at the at the whole leaked uh, thing the usage of the word leaked uh some uh a few minutes back or when i was talking about the clickbait at the top of the show i suppose uh, but but yeah they, they, there is that kind of thing where it gets pushed out there and, and that's that's their kind of their viral previews i guess uh, at the beginning of the previous season that they always do before they start talking in, in depth with the developer blogs and and there's been a few snippets that look at they've shown off the new scoreboard uh, which looks kind of like the old one in many ways uh, but this also looks like maybe the 2k17 uh, uh, progression system with the attribute buckets will be back um and the, oh that you won't have to choose the cap breakers won't be given the ratings when you get a cap breaker you won't get the uh the, the ratings won't happen at the choice of the game. You'll be able to put put it into the attributes that you want. Uh, that's that's what's been reported or speculated at the moment. Uh, if, if if so, I think that's a really good move. I think two K seventeen approached that really well. While uh, while badge progression has been done better in uh, in two K nineteen, so a mix of those two systems I think will be a really good idea as they move on to the the next generation. Uh, or you know who knows what they'll do on next gen as far as my career is concerned, but that remains to be seen. Uh, so, so little things like that and and the way they've approached that little tidbits but nothing that's really been confirmed and talked about in detail so uh, i can't say much but there's i've heard a couple of encouraging snippets uh but i'm guessing over the coming weeks hopefully it won't be too much longer than the, the towards the end of july and no later than <laughs> mid-august because again game comes out september 6th uh then we will start getting some information about that and uh and yeah and, and we'll obviously be getting information about nba live 20 as well and yeah, I, I will be covering that as uh, as we always do on the, on the podcasts. Uh, it's it's going to be our first uh, previous season under the new uh, style of the podcast. We tried to revamp it a bit at the beginning of the year, and um, hope you have been enjoying that. Certainly, again, it's been great to do have some of those discussions. Great to get Tim Kitzrow on the show. I know I mentioned that a lot, but it was such a thrill to have him on the show. So we want to do some more stuff like that and continue to do some great stuff with the podcast again that's why i'm getting the podcast out this week and doing the solo show because it's uh, a shame that we did miss those couple of weeks again and a habit we want to get out of especially with the previous season tipping off and uh, and getting underway there's a new uh, nba 2k19 patch came out uh, and it's kind of related i guess to nba 20 uh, 2k20 in, in a big way because uh, it's got a a pre-order offer for it you can get the digital deluxe edition for 10 percent off if you buy it if you pre-order now through nba 2k19 and it's it's kind of funny that 
uh, patch 1.10 comes out this late in the year and, and that's what it is. Uh, there has been some uh, speculation over on, or, or people trying to put together what the patch notes might be because we don't have any patch notes yet, uh, what it might might be uh, in, in, involved in the patch over on Reddit and credit to all the uh, Redditors for putting that together. But it also looks like they've fixed a, a dribbling glitch in Pro-Am as well as adding a foul limit to the triple threat games in my team so that uh, that you can actually foul out in those games and and, and before you could just take advantage of, of, of uh, there not being a foul limit. So those are a couple of nice things to add this late in the game. It's, it's interesting to contrast it with NBA Live 19 because it has received a couple of gameplay updates uh, over the past uh, month or so, and, uh, and I'll get to that shortly. Um, yeah, it's 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 probably why they haven't released any patch notes, I suppose, because it's it's a bit of a. Oh, I don't want. I'm trying to not use words that are too cynical, and, and cash grab does seem cynical, or and and things like that. But it, it is funny that the big thing, that the big noticeable addition in this patch over a gigabyte on uh, on PlayStation Four, about one and a half gigs, is uh, is this new pop up that comes up before the main menu, encouraging you to preview uh, to. A pre-order the the upcoming game, so it's it's hard not to be a bit cynical about that and and uh, and roll your eyes. But there, it's it's a business at the end of the day. I mean, it, we we know very much how two K is <laughs> pushing for the recurrent revenue and everything else. So it's it's not a huge surprise there, unfortunately. Um, so it is what it is. If there's any more information about the patch, any other big changes, I'll certainly post that. Uh, it's currently out for PS4 and Xbox One, not PC. But again, I don't think you're missing out on, on all that much uh, at, at the moment. Not what's been confirmed officially, or or pseudo-officially, I suppose, what, what people have definitely been able to, to glean so far is, is not a whole lot of uh, big changes, uh, I suppose. Good changes, but not necessarily big ones. Uh, the, the biggest one being the, the pre-order uh, splash screen, which you have to either proceed and pre-order or just dismiss and get to the main menu. Uh, kind of... Kind of a bad look, I suppose. But 2K is in such a, a powerful position, such a strong position right now with the as the brand leader and sales and all the recurrent revenue that uh, they do feel a bit untouchable. And 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 it's been pointed out a lot. A lot of people have been pointing out uh, that uh, for for all the oh, I'm never buying 2K again. And, and we've talked about this before. Uh, people do, and and also still spend a lot of money on uh, on the, on the VC and, and whatnot. So it's. Uh, yeah, they they obviously feel very comfortable with that, but you know it it is what it is. It's uh, I didn't expect a patch this this late in the year from them, so I guess I'm not disappointed in that regard. Uh, I was just intrigued when I woke up this morning and, uh, and saw that a new patch had come through overnight, and thought, okay, let's uh, let's check it out. And and it really just seems to be the pre-order, or primarily seems to be about getting the the pre-order uh, offer in there. But that's the way it goes. Uh, I did mention that NBA Live 19 has received a patch. Uh, well, actually, a, a gameplay update in, in, in the uh, further gameplay tweaking. They did, they pushed through it as an in-game update, which was interesting to see that they can do that. Um, that that's where the the tuning is coming through, and uh, they have addressed some of the issues with uh, with jump shots. After, and I'm glad it wasn't just me. If you go back to our impressions back in uh, episode 288, and, and me talking about how it was disappointing that the what they'd done with the jump shots. Uh, they have addressed it a little bit. It is they've kind of moved it a little bit back on at least on Allstar. Oddly enough, it seems more difficult to shoot on Pro because I turned it down again to see. Okay, well, uh, the, the funny thing was when I was having the problem with the shooting in, in after the last patch, I said, okay, well, let's see what it's like on the easiest levels. You know, is it and and funnily enough, it, well, even on the easiest levels like uh, Rookie and Pro, 
it's it was still really difficult to shoot and which shouldn't be the case i mean it should be a piece of cake really to score at will on those level on those difficulty levels and uh and it wasn't uh, and it didn't really feel like it, they've tweaked pro difficulty and lower prop properly um i haven't tried rookie yet i've just tried uh, pro all-star and above uh all-star and above does seem like it's been tweaked properly so start out with all-star and if you want more of a challenge you know dial it up uh to uh to have that uh but also having the, the shooting properly the problem with not tweaking pro properly uh, or at least it felt that way is that some ultimate team challenges are pro difficulty so even if you don't want to play in, in, the, in the situations where you can choose the difficulty even if you wanted higher difficulty normally uh there are pro level ultimate team challenges and they end up being harder because of the the uh, bad tweaking I'll, I'll need to go back and play them again and see um the one good thing about ultimate team this year is that they've taken away contracts so you can afford to waste games basically on on um on that you, you can't lose games off, off cards because they don't use contracts anymore um so that that is a good situation with ultimate team at least that you can test things out without wasting contracts uh yeah but they have the on all-star difficulty and higher looks like they've tweaked it uh okay it's still not great and, and something that I've uh, worked out in, and I mentioned this in this week's Friday Five, is that I think one of the biggest problems with shooting, is, well, it's kind of a connection with, with with how it goes with with the shooting in NBA Live at the moment, and it starts out with what I feel is the shot meter is very long compared to 2K. So it's to hit that sweet spot, to hit, hit the green release or, or high level release, you've got it takes a while to build up because it's a longer shot meter, and by the time it reaches that top level. And that gives the defenders a lot of time to close out, so it's much harder to get a quick shot off and and beat the defense. And, and the defenders also are very quick at rotating, CPU defenders anyway. So combined with the long shot meter, it means they're getting back and they're getting a contested shot in situations where in re- in real real life, and certainly in 2K we see it as well, that they've been beaten. They haven't re- rotated quick enough, and the shot has, has been gotten off quickly enough that, yeah, it, it should be an open shot. And a lot of times the things that should be open shots and unguarded shots turn into guarded shots because of the length of the shot meter and also the way the def- uh, the defenders kind of rubber band and uh, snap onto you with when in hands of the ai certainly and and certainly to a certain extent with the with the defensive assist as well and and i really want to see that defensive assist become a, a, a defensive crouch again because there's so many times that it takes you away and puts you out of position uh yet it's also the only way to get that defensive crouch stance so it should just be defensive crouch and and holding down that and, and uh sprint as in 2k should be just be able to do a quick shuffle side to side uh lateral movement needs to be a lot better as well because yeah trying to get into a defensive stance and, and shuffle back and forth it's just not viable enough in live at the moment uh but but as far as shooting is concerned i do think that is the big problem the the shorter shot meter the longer shot meter i should say it should be shorter and, and the way it, it allows defense to to rotate and uh, and contest shots that they really should be beaten on and, and taking away green releases a little bit too easily uh, so I think that's still a problem, and I'm, I might shoot that along to the to the development team if they haven't read that article. I know a couple of people tagged them in it, and I, I thank you for that. I do thank you, for as always, for responding positively to the articles and giving constructive feedback on the articles and, and sharing them with, uh, you know, what, when you feel that I've uh, I've made a good enough, done enough good enough job with my feedback to say, hey, check out what Andrew is saying about the, uh, or Skip T. Ryan for that matter. Uh, we'll see, we'll see, see what he's saying about the, uh, about the games, you know, and feel that the developers should be listening to what I'm saying. Uh, always very flattering. I mean, I feel I've got some good ideas here and there, but I'm I'm pretty biased about that uh, because it's what I want to see. So I do thank you for that, and 
uh, yeah, it's. I, I feel that it, that is the the big thing that needs to happen in Live Twenty. Really, really, really working on those shooting mechanics, the, the the shot contest and the shooting mechanics, just polishing them up because a jump shot still need to feel viable. Uh, they do feel a bit more viable after the the latest patch or the latest in game in game uh, gameplay shooting update. Uh, it is feeling pretty good. I haven't played since the update that came through uh, this week, so I don't know if they've made any further changes. But as of the last time I played. Making a few more contested shots with good shooters, but it's still a little bit... It, it could be better. And, and and I know that it's also about creating space and everything, but when the CPU is able to close out too effectively in situations where it should be beaten, um, I, I think there is definitely a problem there that they need to continue to work on that balance. And uh, and certainly for online as well, because with the lag and everything and the length of the shot and the some of the input lag, it's... Uh, on pull-ups especially... Um, just getting that shot meter for right, and and also here people will say, oh, don't play with the shot meter, and shot meters for for noobs and all that kind of stuff. Even if you turn off the shot meter, the mechanics are the same. Okay, so the release point is still the same. You just have to have the visual, the big visual cue of the shot meter. So it's not just the the length of the shot meter is also the length of the mechanics on the timing. So it's not just the visual cue. I mean, even turn off the the shot meter you still have to deal with the same mechanics. So it is the underlying mechanics of the shot timing, I should say. If you want me to put aside the shot meter, ju- just the the length of time it takes to get to the ideal release points, the, both the green release and the slightly early, slightly late release, and live's, live's version of that, um, it's, it's, this, it's, it's the wind-up, basically, of, of the shooting mechanics and, and, the, uh, and, and the shot timing. So meter aside, the meter is just representing those mechanics. So... It's, so let, let's not get bogged down in don't use the shot meter, it's not realistic well, it's not just the meter, it's the underlying mechanics, and, and that's what needs to be fixed, and they've been doing it it's, it's great to see them still tuning it and I, I have to give credit where it's due because after that happened, I thought, oh, live is going to be unplayable for the rest of the year and and, and I could see myself dusting it off and, and having some fun with it, because it's it's still got its issues and there's a lot of gameplay stuff, again, Friday 5 uh, 5 gameplay improvements, NBA Live 20 needs absolutely stand by that article and want to send some of that through to uh, to, to the developers uh, but well, all of it I'll send it through and hope that they can implement some of it at least some of it uh, but yeah I, I do think that there are things that definitely need to be happening in Live 20 from the gameplay standpoint and modes but certainly need to get the gameplay right as well uh, but, it, it, but it is great that they are uh, working on, on Live 19 this late in the game and trying to get those comparis- get those tweaks in so basically so that they can hit the ground running with live 20 and and say okay well this is kind of using the, the latest stages of live 19 as, as a beta testing almost and getting that last little bit of feedback so they can make live 20 as good as possible uh, i like that approach i like that they're doing that uh, i like that they didn't just release that update and just say oh well it's going to be fixed in the next game uh, back in the day that's what would have happened if you look what happened with patch 2 for uh, nba live 10 uh whew, that was that was a rough one um that kind of broke the game with the uh, slow lobs that would go to not the person not the player at the rim but kind of the player in mid-range and go up for this really slow weird layup when you try to throw a lob to somebody at the rim and and basically when, when if the play broke down on the cpu they would, the cpu would just dribble out the clock and put up a uh, dribble out the shot clock and put up a bad shot with whoever you know a turnaround three was Shaq because the play broke down and Shaq was left standing at the uh, top of the key, you know, from behind the three-point line with the uh, with the ball, and the play broke down, uh, and and we only got that patch two, and there was no way to roll back to patch one on on 360 and PS3 uh, that, that I'm aware of anyway. Uh, so we were kind of stuck with that uh, that that dodgy uh, 
broken game that that had was was really good. Live ten was a really good step in the the right direction, and then the second patch really kind of botched it. Uh, th- these days, at least, I mean, p- we, people talk about day one patches and and all these patches and how how bad it is, and it, it's bad if they don't do anything. And you know, again, going back not to not to bash two K, not to get too stuck into it, too stuck on it. Uh, but this last patch for two K nineteen, that's basically out of the pre order bonus and stuff like that, and, and stuff like last year with the, we were getting all the patches that were for the two uh, K league, basically that that didn't really do anything for the average user, um, that kind of stuff. Sure, that's that's not really what we want to see. We want to see meaningful patches. But I would rather, much rather people say, "Oh, they're still trying to get the game right." Uh, well, yeah, but they're still trying to get the game right. You know, they're still actually putting effort into the game and listening to feedback and making these tweaks and hopefully implementing them in the next game. So I would much rather that they continue to support a game as long as it is the current game and try to try to make it better for people right up until the release of the next game than just wash their hands of it as they kind of did back in the day and say, well, you've got your you got your one or two patches. That's that's it. And now they're actually able to push through those patches more constantly. More frequently and, and address some of these issues, even and that they are willing to do so late in the year. Uh, I, I don't think we should throw that back in their face, live or two K. Uh, it's you know that, that's good. That's what they should be doing and, and offering that support. I mean, we complained about how we've only got the support for each game for a year. Uh, the fact if they're doing as much as possible, and I'm sure, there's some people say, "Oh, you're kissing up to the developers." No, no, but credit where it's due. It's it's good that they're actually making these these the effort all the way up until the end. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I'm really glad to see that. And uh, it's nice that the game is a bit more playable now. I, I do think there maybe need, needs to be a little bit more tweaking on that because it does feel a bit like great shooters are still a bit affected. And oddly, it does seem like Pro is now a bit more difficult to shoot on than All-Star, which definitely shouldn't be the case. It should be, you know, Rookie and Pro should be very, very easy. And then All-Star and Up is uh, should be good. But, but All-Star gameplay and Up is feeling a lot better. A little bit more ball movement as well, which is nice to see. Um, but again, because some ultimate team challenges are on pro difficulty, you want pro difficulty to work as well. Uh, so that's a, that's a whole thing. I well, might need to bring that up to to the guys, um, girls on the development team. But uh, yeah, that, that that was nice to do, to see that NBA Live nineteen. Those those updates are still coming through, and they're still updating the WNBA rosters as well. So that's uh, that's nice to see. Going to wrap up with a little bit of talk about the NBA off season, which uh, basically, basically all the video game news we have for for this week and continue to cover the news throughout the previous season as it comes along and naturally we'll also have other discussion topics as well we have other things that we want to talk about in between the news and of course the news as we know doesn't always come out each and every week as we wait for the big slew of uh, information coming through but we will get there and of course have a few more guests on there looking forward to uh, to setting up some more interviews and special guests from the community to uh, to talk to but uh, yeah, just wrapping up with some NBA talk, and man, what a uh, what a wild off season, hey? It's uh, a lot of big names have changed uh, changed addresses, changed jerseys, and uh, and even jersey numbers in some cases. And, and talked about it in the NBA and basketball section of the forum. It's it's really one of the most wild and crazy off seasons we've uh, we've seen possibly ever. Uh, I go back to 1996, of course, when Shaq went uh, to the Lakers and. Some of the other big moves at the time, um, Dikembe Mutombo went to the Atlanta Hawks from the Nuggets. Uh, the Knicks uh, got Alan Houston, Chris Childs, and also traded for Larry Johnson. Traded Anthony Mason for uh, for Larry Johnson. Uh, Kenny Anderson went to the Blazers. So a lot of big names were changing in that off season, and of course there was a big big draft as well with uh, with Kobe and, and Alan Iverson to name just two. So 
I, I guess as far as getting some big players, big names in the draft or future stars in the draft, and uh, and some big names changing, '96 was definitely up there. But but yeah, this this 2019 off season, uh, man, uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving to the uh, to the Brooklyn Nets, which uh, I thought I thought he was staying. I thought Durant was was staying. Uh, I, I know there was a lot of speculation that he uh, that he wasn't. Um, you know, happy there or, or happy with the way they handle the injury and of course he may indeed miss this whole season but uh, the Nets are banking on him uh, coming back and being healthy obviously and Kyrie Irving uh, as well so they've they've formed the duo in in Brooklyn um, Anthony Davis the, the the Lakers the big trade for him uh, including uh, Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram uh, sending their fourth overall pick as well in the draft and they got Anthony Davis so it's it's Davis and uh and LeBron now in uh, in Los Angeles or the Lakers side of things. Uh, also, while still in Los Angeles, the uh, the Clippers got Kawhi Leonard, and and the Kawhi watch was funny because they thought everyone thought he would be the first domino to fall, and he turned out to be the last. Everyone else uh, made their moves first, and then he ended up signing with the Clippers, uh, who also traded for Paul George and for a slew of picks. Um, so that that's the new duo. There's two duos in Los Angeles now: Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, of course, being the reigning Finals MVP, just won the title with uh, the Toronto Raptors. So he's he's the first Finals MVP to move on uh, the, the immediate off season uh, to another team. Of course, Michael Jordan retired in '93 and uh, 1998, so other um, Finals MVPs have, have moved on that way. But as far and maybe in a year or two as well, <laughs> they've moved on. But uh, 18 days basically between winning Finals MVP and going to a new team is a, a new record for uh, for Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Leonard is setting a lot of records like that. Uh, first uh, first Finals MVP in two conferences in both conferences, only two conferences. Um, yeah, and, and then moving on like that. So it, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's very interesting career that uh, Kawhi has carved out uh, so far. Uh, so that, that's the new, the new duo there. Um, the in, in it looks like the Thunder are in uh, complete rebuilding mode as they've traded Russell Westbrook after eleven years uh, to the to the Rockets for Chris Paul. Or Chris Paul might now end up in in Miami where he would join uh, Jimmy Butler, who was signed there. Um, yeah, and I we'll have to wear number twenty one, I guess, because twenty three is retired for for Michael Jordan, who never played for the Heat. Uh, so then we've got some Harden and and uh, Westbrook reunited now in uh, in Houston as the the new duo. Uh, yeah, just just a wild off season with so many players changing, big names changing via uh, trade or uh, or free agency. And Kevin Durant is also interestingly going to be wearing number seven for the Nets, uh, which is funny because a lot of his uh, branding is is based around the uh, the number thirty five, which he has worn since uh, high school, I believe, and certainly college. Uh, yeah, so that's it's it's been crazy to to see, and uh, we're, we're setting up a very interesting uh, twenty twenty season. Because we are going to see a lot of duos, uh, it's kind of the kind of the end of super teams in, in in a way, and certainly I think the league's going to be as balanced as it's been in a while and, and competitive, which which I'm really glad to see. I mean, I've been a bit down on the NBA in recent years because it's felt very predictable and it's been a case of a lot of teams really stacking the deck. I mean, you go back to the 2018 Finals and more All Stars playing in that Finals than any other. In history, uh, not not necessarily current All Stars, but as far as players who have made an All Star team at some point, a record number with the two teams combined, uh, it really just felt like a couple of teams stacking the deck and 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 just uh, and just same. You know, we we saw Cavs and and, and uh, Warriors in the finals four straight years. The Warriors in the finals four straight years, five straight years, I should say. Which, you know what? I mean, I mean, people 
talk about how oh, there was the Lakers and the Celtics back in the eighties, and and it was, but it was a not not every single year there was it was one or the other for years, and but the, the two of them only clashed uh, three times, and only two years in a, only two years in a row once, um, which would be what eighty four and eighty five. I was born in 84, so I've got to remember things that happened before I was born. Um, yes, yeah, so, so it, it's kind of different. You had a lot of other teams in there alternating the 76ers, uh, the Pistons, the Rockets a couple of times, So and, and, and then the Blazers. Well, Blazers were 1990, uh, yeah, so, so there was it felt like there was more variety. And even with the, the Bulls, and of course I'm biased here because the Bulls went there six times in the 90s and won every time, so I was, as a Bulls fan, happy with that. But we saw uh, five different opponents in those six finals, with only the Jazz repeating in back-to-back years of 97 and 98. So I think that it felt a bit different, and then you had the Rockets in the middle there, and then the Young Magic team, and the Knicks were in there uh, a couple of times, and the Spurs. So it, I think previous decades, if nothing else, we've, we've had variety with some of the opponents and some of the matchups. So I think that's what a lot of people are talking about when they talk about the variety of back in the day. It's not that we haven't had dominant teams, it's just they haven't necessarily had the same opponent every time. And and hasn't hasn't always been in a rematch after rematch kind of thing, so I, th- I think that's what people have gotten bored of, and and certainly how it's come about with uh, with the trios and and more and people just stacking the teams just stacking the deck and and look, I mean you had to do it to win, so you can't fault teams for doing what they can to win, but it's I, I think it's not been a great era in that regard, or it, it's been a bit of a boring, uh, repetitive, uh, you know, no one else has been able to com- uh, lack of competition basically. Then I think it's it's really changed as we enter a new decade, basically the twenty twenties. Wow, um, that uh, that we're seeing a return to uh, to duos around the league, which is kind of how it was back in the day, and and a lot of interesting contend- possible contenders around the league, and and who who knows, you know, there's there's kind of a bit less predictability, and 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 even if you go back and look at the, the last three years of the Bulls, the second three peat. I mean, in hindsight, yes, it was always them winning, but there were question marks, especially as they were getting up there in age towards the end of that run, um, the, the big three of uh, Jordan, Pippen, and Rodman. There, there were some questions about whether they could still compete, and there were some close calls. So, But, but at the same time, I mean, you know, and in all fairness, it's, it's different because it was the team that I liked winning, so of course I was happy about it. And if you're a Warriors fan, and I'm sure there's been plenty of those since 2015, <clears throat> yes, uh, so... Uh, uh, you're probably it would feel the same way as I did as a, as a Bulls fan in the '90s. So it's a turnabout as fair play in that regard, and and same with uh, LeBron fans versus Jordan fans back in the day. You know, you you see him there in in the title hunt every time, and uh, you're happy about it because that's your favorite player. And, and it's people who who didn't like Jordan back in the day. And, and yes, there were those. Um, the the thing about that people do uh, forget is that. Back in the day, if you wanted your opinion read, you pretty much had to write into a basketball magazine or, or something like that, and that means that your whether your thoughts were printed or not were at the at the mercy of an editor. So there were probably a lot of people who wrote in bashing the Bulls and Jordan, but only a couple of them really got put in. You know, the, the most interesting or funniest uh, blow-ups, I suppose, the editor wanted to put in there to uh, to balance things out or whatever. So these days, we can all just jump on social media or Reddit or forum to uh, to give our opinions so there, there's no filter there of an editor uh, so it it may seem like today's players are hated on more but but i guarantee that there were people back in the day who were expressing those opinions it was just harder to get your opinion heard by a lot of people whereas these days you, again you can jump on social media throw a hashtag on it and you can get your uh, we can all get our dumb opinions out there for everyone else to read you know um 
But it is looking like it's going to be an interesting season, definitely a wild off season. Uh, Westbrook, it's it's a shame to see that come to an end. And after 11 years, that's but these days, 11 straight years with a single team, I, I might have to look into that, but I think it's probably you have to look at somebody like a Steph Curry to really get uh, anywhere close. I think he's a 10-year pro now, Curry. Uh, so, yeah, came, came the year after Westbrook, if I recall correctly. So it's it's very rare to see a player spend a whole decade uh, straight. I mean, LeBron has over a decade with the Cavs in two different stints, but ten, uh, ten years or more with the one one team and all in a row is uh, is getting much rarer these days, uh, unfortunately. And it's a bit of an old school uh, point of view, I know. Uh, yeah, so it's um, it, it's it's kind of a shame to see that come to an end. But at the same time, very interesting times with him reuniting with Harden and people wondering, well. One basketball going to be enough, and certainly what's going to happen with two players who have been accused of uh, stat padding, stat stuffing in, in recent years. But I think it's going to be an interesting season. And of course, to bring it back to basketball gaming, it also means a lot for the virtual hardwood because it means there's a lot of viable teams that people are going to be using in online play. Uh, it means there's going to be some very interesting choices for, for franchise modes as well. The, and the, the, you've got all these different choices of teams to rebuild and or, or to... Uh, you know, to just simply play with. You've got all these different duos to, to go up against and to possibly play with. Uh, lot, yeah, lots of teams that you can possibly choose. Uh, and and players in different uniforms is always... Uh, takes a while to get used to, but it's also a very interesting look. Uh, these days, with all the, the, the Josie Swap photoshops uh, online, it, you don't even have to wait for them. You don't have to wait for the game to come out to see a screenshot of them to see the player in a new uniform. Uh, but it, it's fun for the virtual hardwood as well. So, wild off season. Just wanted to throw some thoughts out there for this week. Uh, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting next uh, next twelve months with uh, possibly possibly the last games on this generation, or certainly. I th- it depends what what live's going to do. I think two K will continue to release for for PS Four and X One for uh, maybe a a few years yet. That's what they did at the end of the last generation. But we're getting to the end of end of a decade, end of a generation as the current generation with the video games, and certainly maybe an end of an era in the NBA as well with uh, getting back to the duos, getting away from these super teams and the big trios, the big threes. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's it's kind of an interesting time. Um, definitely hoping for the best. I mean, it's it's hard not to approach the previous season with some level of cynicism. We've seen some, some unfortunate trends in recent years as far as uh, as far as microtransactions and things like that and, and live, uh, this, this generation has been a real... Uh, teething process for live to come back after it had so many years off and, and how it really fell off after the debacle of nba elite 11 but I'm, I'm hoping for good times moving forward and i'm trying to remain optimistic in most aspects of, uh, of life in general but certainly basketball gaming um want, want to call things out when, when things are bad you do want to give an honest impression honest opinions about it but at the same time want to approach things with as open mind as possible and and you know, there's there's things it's hard not to be cynical and jaded about, and that's that's fine, and that's understandable. Uh, never would tell people not to uh, to have that point of view, uh, but I, I do try and remain optimistic as much as possible. And uh, and then, then if something is disappointing or or, or is really lacking in goodwill, uh, that's when you call it out. And certainly, above all, uh, you don't engage in clickbait, which is the uh, what Skip T Grind would tell you. And uh, yeah, so we will do our best throughout the previous season to bring you more content throughout the news posts, of course, and we've got the forum there to discuss everything, get into that. I've launched the NBA Live 20 and NBA 2K20 sections early this year, just didn't seem uh, any need for them to to wait until later in the year, 
and with the new forum restructure, it doesn't make the front the index too long as anyway. So they're there for for talking about Live Twenty and Two K Twenty as the preview season tips off. We'll be all on on top of that with our podcasts. Fingers crossed with that. And of course, the news posts, the the forum is there, as I said, and uh, social media will try and be active every there. We'll try and stay on top of the news as best we can. We'll try and be as vigilant as possible as getting the news to you. And, and of course, be honest about it, not engaging in that clickbait, giving you the best information possible, and uh, hopefully a friendly place for you to talk about it. But uh, that's the end of this week's episode of the NLC Podcast, episode number 290. Uh, as I said, hopefully get a, a couple of co-hosts, or at least one co-host back in the in the weeks to come, and also some special guests as well when we can line it up. Uh, if you enjoy listening to the show, it's not always my voice, it's usually at least two of us. Uh, we encourage you to subscribe to us on uh, Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on various podcatching apps, including Stitcher and Podcast Addict, or you can keep streaming on the NLC itself, uh, as long as you're tuning in each and every week. Well, as long as it's coming out each and every week, I suppose. But as long as you're tuning into each and every show and enjoying it, that's the main thing. Uh, feel free to give us a review on those platforms, Apple Podcasts, etc. We definitely appreciate the reviews that uh, let us know that we're doing okay or how we could get better. And uh, and certainly the reviews help us to uh, to get some more visibility as well. Speaking of visibility, you can connect with us on social media. We're on Facebook and Twitter at the NLSC. On Instagram, we are NLSC Basketball. On YouTube, we are NBA Live Series Center, where we are trying to do some more video content. And of course, keep it locked to the NLSC itself, nba-live.com, for everything we do for basketball video games. But yes, that is all for episode number 290 of the NLSC podcast. For me, Andrew, and for Skip Pete Ryan, thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the show, and go get buckets, everyone. Mm-hmm.